Well, if you want to turn to Proverbs 16, that's where we'll start reading, and then we'll skip around a little bit, but might as well do a quick review. Start off easy and then get a little bit harder. What, uh, what's the... What's the main topic that we've been covering in Proverbs? Wisdom. What's the greatest danger to wisdom? Not listening. I'll see, now it's a test for me too. Um, What's the beginning of wisdom? Fear of God. If we fear God... What does he want us to do in terms of our lives? If we want guidance, if we want to walk with God, last week we talked about two things. Anybody remember? Turn away from evil evil and do good. That's right. Well, today we're going to talk about who God is. Who God is is a big part of wisdom. Let's start just by reading from Psalm, uh, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 1. The plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirit. Commit your work to the Lord, and your plans will be established. The Lord has made everything for its purpose, even the wicked for the day of trouble. Skip down here to verse 9. The heart of a man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. So, Lord willing, I want to talk about the sovereignty and goodness of God. And part of this comes from my talking to John Mark last week about wisdom. and He had a good insight. He said that the word wisdom is the same word for skill. And one of the definitions he likes for wisdom is skill in godly living. Skill in godly living. So I may backtrack on what I said, and maybe what I have been saying is actually the definition for insight, which is seeing how the world works and living accordingly. There are synonyms in terms of they're talking about the same reality, but I like that idea of the skill in godly living. And it's a good point. The point is that if we leave God out of our definition, we've missed Proverbs, right? Because if you read through Proverbs, you can't miss God. God is at the foundation of all these things. And knowing God, fearing God, and knowing God, without it, there's no wisdom or insight. And so we have to know about God. We have to fear God. One of the Proverbs says that the knowledge of the holy is insight. So we've got to know who God is. 
And one thing that comes out in Proverbs really clearly is that God is in control. God is in control, and that's the first point. God is in control. We see that God's in control first of the little things. Look at 16.33. Proverbs 16.33 says, The lot is cast in the lap, but every decision is from the Lord. The littlest thing, which way a dice falls, is it going to hit and turn to the left or to the right? says that's from God. God is in control of the little things. The things, quote-unquote, random things are not random. God is in control of small things. God's in control of big things. Look at Proverbs 21. And if you don't feel like turning to all these, you can listen. But if you want to, Proverbs 21, 31. 30 and 31. No wisdom, no understanding, no counsel can avail against the Lord. The horse is made ready for battle, but the victory belongs to the Lord. I mean, think about it. Battles, wars, huge millions of people going against huge army, huge armies, thousands of planes, Bombs and fires. Little decisions. Seems like change the course of history and yet God is actually in control in the big things, in the little things. The hard things. We already read Ecclesiastes 7, or was it 6? That says, the day of adversity, God has made the one as well the other. The day of thanksgiving, the day of gladness, and the day of adversity. God's in control of the hard things. Verse here in Proverbs that we just read, 16.4. The Lord has made everything for its purpose, even the wicked for the day of trouble. So here we are, there's a difficult day, sin, someone's sinning against you, God's in control of that, God's in control even of that. And we don't want to leave out the good things, God's in control of the good things, Proverbs 19, 14, house and wealth are inherited from fathers, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. Another verse talks about he who finds a wife finds a good thing. It's from God. The good things in our life. James says every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. So every good thing in our life is from God. God has a purpose. God's in control. And not only is God in control of the big things, the little things, the hard things, and the good things, God is in complete control. There is no rogue molecule in the universe. No wisdom, no understanding, no counsel can avail against the Lord. No one is going to thwart his plan. Who can stay his arm? There's nothing that can stop uh, God. And there's nothing that surprises God. There's nothing that 
thwarts God. There's no one that has a, hatches a plan and it, God doesn't know about it. God sees all things. In Psalm 139 it says, Before as yet there was one of them. Every day, every day of my life was written in your book. God knew every single day of your life and my life and everyone's life before the world began. So that's the first thing. God is in control. God is in absolute control. And two, second point, God has a purpose for everything. We see that in 16.4, which I, we've read a couple times already. The Lord has made everything for its purpose, even the wicked for the day of trouble. Ephesians 1, we already talked about it. Him who works all things according to the purpose of his will. Counsel of his will. So God has a purpose for everything. And all things are working for his purpose. Not only is he in control, he's in control in such a way that there's a goal, there's an end, there's a purpose. And not just the big things but the little things, not just the good things, but the difficult things. God has a plan, and he is carrying it out. I'll read you a verse here from Isaiah. You don't need to turn there. But Isaiah, I'm going to read verses, chapter 32, verses 7 and 8 says, As for the scoundrel, his devices are evil. He plans wicked schemes. To, the, to ruin the poor with lying words. Even when the plea of the needy is right, but he who is noble plans noble things, and on noble things he stands. So, God has a purpose for everything, is the second point. And the last point is that God's purpose is good. There's only three options. If somebody does something, there's only three options. One, that person has no purpose. They're acting randomly. That there's things that I do that I don't even know that I'm doing. They don't have a purpose. If I'm nervous, sometimes my wife will tell me, you realize you touch your head like 60 times in that sermon. I was like, no, I didn't realize that. I was just nervous, I guess. And there was no purpose. It was a nervous tick. God's not like that, right? God has a purpose in everything he does. And that's what we just read in a couple different places. God has a purpose for everything. So what are the other two options? God's purpose is evil. God's purpose is evil. God plans something and it's not for good. There's no good purpose. Well, it feels wrong even to say that. We know that's not true. So what's the only option left? God's purpose is for good. Right? Now, three points. We've already gone through them all. God is in control. God has a purpose, and His purpose is good. But we have to have this clear in our minds, just like we talked about last week, that there has to be a stake in the ground. We're going to do right, and we're going to avoid evil no matter what. And we have, this has to be a stake in the ground, which is that we know God's in control and that he's good. We have to know them both. When something comes into your life, it's helpful 
to be able to know the verse from Romans, God works all things together for good for those who love him. But you know what's really hard? Working that truth down into your heart to where it actually feels real. Where your emotions, where your will, where your affections are all affected, not just your mind and not just your mouth. And that's what we need to do with the truth from the Bible. We can't stop at knowing it in our mind. We can't stop at even saying it. We have to keep pressing in until we can see the reality behind the truth. It's not just words. There's a real God who really is in control, has a real heart, and in His heart, He's purposing good. And if we can't get that deep into our hearts, then the words itself aren't going to help us. And so what I do is I reason with myself. I, I say, here comes this thing into my life, and it does not feel good. It feels evil. What am I going to do? Well, I have three options. I could say that this is a random thing that God planned and is, that God did not plan for, and the result is evil. It's bad in my life, and it's something that God didn't see. Well, I know immediately that's not right. That's not God. God knows all things. Even if, we've said this before, but even if God, there's people that believe in what, quote, open theism, which basically means that God doesn't know the future. Okay? Even if God's like that, which he is not, we know that for sure from the verses we've already quoted, but even if God doesn't know the future and, he's, and he was seeing things happen, as we do, they're coming, oh, here, look, there's a storm coming. Oh, look, this thing happened. I didn't think about it. The almighty God of heaven, you don't think he could think of a way to fix that? Even if it was coming upon him like events come upon us? Think about, you know, we've talked about this before when we talked about the disciples in the boat. Here comes this storm and the waves are crashing over the boat. What if God didn't know? You don't think he could fix that? He's God, right? He could fix it. God could think of a million ways to fix it. But God's not like that, is he? We know that that's not true. We know that God knows everything that's going to happen before it happens. Even if he didn't, we could trust him. But we know beyond that, he absolutely does know. It's not random. There's no surprises, and God's certainly not going to let any quote-unquote surprise harm you in any ultimate sense, because he's got a good purpose behind it. So, something bad comes into your life, talk yourself through it. Oh, did this surprise God? Did, Did the IRS surprise God and audit your account? No, God knew. So if it's not random, then what? God plotting evil? Can't even say it. No. Your heart rings out. If you're a Christian, your heart rings out. No. God would never do anything evil. You know, the Bible actually teaches that if you see something evil happening, and you let it happen and say, I didn't know that that's evil. To see evil occurring and you know you could stop it, and you don't. That's evil. God says he knows. Um, 
he tests the heart. And so if God sees something evil, he's not just going to stand by and say, oh, I didn't know that some evil was going to come of it. He has to have a good purpose. He has to intend good, even in the bad things. Or that's evil. That's the only option. That's what God said to us. And so God has to be for our good. God has to have a good purpose, even in the worst things. Because he said it. He promised. He said in his word. So we know these things are true, don't we? God is in control. God has a purpose for everything. And God purposes good. But we want to live it, right? We want it to be real in our hearts and our lives. Think about some of these verses. The Lord is good to all. His mercy is over all that he has made. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. Think about that. What we're saying is every single thing that happens in the world, big or small, hard or easy, we've talked about this before, but I'll say it again. I try and correct myself when my wife asks me how, I'll give you an example from this weekend, how's sermon preparation going? And I said, I almost said bad. But the reality is, is nothing bad happens to me. That's what the Bible says. God works all things for good. So I try to change how I talk. It's going hard. It's difficult. (laughs) But is that a bad thing? No, it's a good thing. It's a kind thing. It's a merciful thing. It's a righteous thing. That's what the Bible says. If God, guess what God could have done? He could have given me a sermon in 15 minutes. But if I sit and stare and pray and stare and ask and stare at the blank page for hours, God said that's for my good. That's what he said. God's being kind to me. God's being merciful to me. God's not doing me wrong. In fact, God has a good intention in his heart in everything. Now, what does that what does that not mean? Well, it doesn't mean that there aren't people that intend evil, right? We know that. Think about Joseph and his brothers. Remember what he said? You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good, right? That's what we can say about everything. Anything evil that happens to us, we can say, you meant it for evil, Satan. You meant it for evil, lost person. But God meant it for good. In every circumstance, big or small, hard or easy, God is working for our good. So what I want to do, Lord willing, is just talk about, let's just think together about some of these things and begin when things happen to have the thought, God planned this. And then to ask the next natural question, what good thing is God doing? Begin to see the reality, press it into our hearts. So... I'm going to just specifically think about hard things because whenever something good happens, when you get 
you know, a big check in the mail, it's not hard to think God's intending it for good, is it? <laughs> not hard. When you have an easy day at work, it's not hard to believe God's working all things for good. But it's much harder when you have an extremely difficult day at work or when you get a huge bill in the mail. So what do we do? The first thing that God is always doing, always doing, is from Proverbs 3. If you want to read it with me, Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Very familiar. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. If we want to be wise, if we want to live wise in this evil age, what do we need to do? We need to trust God, the sovereign God who knows all things and is out for our good. We need to trust Him. You can do this whether you find out or you never find out what the purpose was from a hard providence. You can trust God. And that's what he's calling you to do in it. That's one good thing that, will, that is always available in every difficult providence of God. You can trust God. He's calling you. There, what else are you going to do? Here comes this difficult thing. And you know that God knew. God could have stopped it. God could have done a million things, but here, God has laid it at your doorstep. What are you going to do? Accuse him of evil? No. Can't do that. You know that's not right. What are you going to do? Turn? Take things into your own hands? That's never going to work. You're not going to be able to run your life. You're not going to be able to deal with the hard things. What are you going to do? You trust God. And what? Isn't it a special call to God when something difficult comes to trust Him. It's a special burden. I mean, it's a burden on your back and you have to roll it on to God. And so, work it. Work, work at it. To say, God, I'm trying to trust you with this. And worry keeps coming back into my mind and my stomach keeps falling to the floor and I feel sick. God, I want to trust you with this burden. Please help me. And you just keep praying and keep rolling it you know if you're old enough and if your life has gone on long enough there's burdens that it feels so heavy it's like you can't it's hard to roll it's like it's like a thousand pound rock on your back it's like how am i going to even roll this off it's weighing me down i'm trying to roll it off and it's hard but what we ask god we got to trust god god help me and you just keep asking him, god i want to trust you help me help me I know you're in control. I'll tell you, uh, well, maybe I should just apologize. I'm sorry I used so many illustrations for my own life. Probably be better not to, but the Lord knows on it. Just maybe haven't read enough books or whatever, but <laughs> that's what always keeps coming to my mind is things from my own life. But when uh, Joy was born, you know, um, Joy was born and then. The doctors looked kind of scared, and then they called in more doctors, and they said, we got to do emergency surgery. And I went to the bathroom. They took, Joy, they took Jess 
and they took Joy. And I went into the bathroom, and I just cried. I was just weeping because the doctor said, if this happens, we're going to take out this organ, and if this happens, we're just going to keep going until we get it stopped. And I was like scared, you know, of course, but I just went into the bathroom, and I just prayed, God, you're a good shepherd. I know you're a good shepherd, over and over and over. And it was really hard. But we know God's good, don't we? And we can trust him. He is a good shepherd. He's a good shepherd. He can direct our life better than we can. So we ask him to. That may be the only one you ever get. That may be the only purpose you ever know for sure is that God's calling you to trust him. For Job, that's what it was. Job never got an answer. Job never knew that after thousands of years, people would still be taking comfort from his life. God never told him. The one thing he didn't know is God's calling me to trust him. Let God be God and me be a man. So that may be all you ever get. But there might be more. And most of the time there is more. We know God was doing more than that. Abundantly beyond all we could ask or think. Think about Job in heaven. There's going to be amazing to hear, wow, God really did have a good purpose. God really did have more good than I could have ever imagined out of my suffering. Think about how many people that have lost kids have taken comfort from Job. Millions? (laughs) Think about that. Standing, a line of millions of people coming up and saying, Yeah, I know it was so hard when you lost your kids, but that's what got me through. That's so encouraging. That's amazing. God had something good for Job, didn't he? He had a good purpose in it. Well, what else? I've got to move quicker here because I've got a couple more. And everything, I'll just tell you the next three, and then we'll go through them one by one. You have a difficult providence laid on your doorstep. What's, a, what's one possibility? What good thing is God doing? He's given you an opportunity to serve Him, to be like Him, to be with Him. Maybe one or all of those. But first, an opportunity to serve God. Let's look at some of these. I'll just read some of these for sake of time from Proverbs. 16:11 A just balance in the scales are the Lord's and all the weights of his ba- and all the weights in the bag are his work. Well, you could take this proverb two ways, but I'm going to take it uh, in the way that it's saying whenever there's a just balance, there's justice being done, the weights in the bag, that's God's work. God delights in righteousness and justice, and it's actually his work. We're serving God. When a judge declares something righteous that's God working in extension whenever you're at work and you're doing good you're being honest you know the just weight that's God God working through you you're serving God I'll read you another one whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord and he will repay him for his deed Here's a hard providence. 
Somebody's poor. Somebody's needy. Something obviously bad has happened. If you can't buy food, whether that's something drastic that happened at once or slowly over time, something's happened and what? That person shows up in your life. It's an opportunity to serve God. You can serve God by helping them. What else? Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. You know, what this means, part of this is that believing that God's in control of everything does not mean we don't do anything. God, we don't say God has everything planned in advance so I can just sit back and be passive. Well, no, not, not at all. God actually tells us to work, to do things, to do righteousness and avoid evil, to help the poor, to do all these things. We're not idle. We're actively trying to serve God because God's in control, right? And he's asked us to. It's not against his sovereignty. It's according to his sovereignty. He puts these opportunities on our path. I'll give you a couple. I'm just going to go really quick through these. Someone sins against you. That's a hard providence. But you know what? You'll never be able to do unless that happened. Serve God by forgiving them. Right? There's no forgiveness where there's no sin. In heaven, we're never going to forgive anyone ever again because no one's ever going to sin against us ever again. You can serve God. Here comes this hard providence. How can you serve God in it? What good thing is He doing? He's giving you an opportunity to serve Him by forgiving people who sin against you. You can forgive them and be God's servant. Be ministering forgiveness to people through your trial. I bet there's people in here today that people forgave them for something and it made an impact and they knew that's what God's like. Same for grace, right? Grace is giving something you don't deserve, giving more than someone deserves, right? And mercy, not giving them what they deserve. Always we can serve God when we've been sinned against. We can be God's servant. Here comes this hard providence. God, what good thing are you doing? You're giving me an opportunity to forgive. You're giving me an opportunity to show grace. You're giving me an opportunity to show mercy. You're giving me an opportunity to be generous. You're giving me an opportunity to be patient. What does that mean, patient? Well, it means there's a long trial, right? If all our trials, wouldn't you like it? Let's ask this. Wouldn't you like it if we could take a vote here today for all your trials to be over within 24 hours? Or like TV, 30 minutes. (laughs) Here comes this problem, but we know invariably in 30 minutes somebody's going to have the answer. And it's all going to be wrapped up. Well, that would be nice from a human perspective, but you know what? We would never know? Patience. We would never be able to serve God with a virtue of patience. We'd we'd never be able to show what God is like, how patient God really is. 
Well, we could just keep going on. Kindness, love, sharing truth, long-suffering. Well, that's obvious. Long-suffering means you're suffering for a long time. You're bearing up under it. Steadfast means you know, you're rema- under remain. You're remaining under this burden. You remember what James says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds. Why? Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance or steadfastness. Do, you, do we know it? Do we know that when something difficult comes our way, that God has a good purpose? What's the good purpose? Well, one of them is to make us more stable, to make us stronger, to make us able to bear up under some of these things. Hasn't that happened to you? Haven't you had these little trials and they were hard and you, you came through them and then what? God was actually preparing you to be steadfast under something else. That little trial, you didn't know why. You didn't know, God, what's your good purpose here? Well, God was wanting you to serve him in a bigger way, right? In a harder thing, in a heavier thing. And he, had, and he used that little trial to prepare you for something else, to serve God in a different way. So just, I talked so much, you probably forgot what, what the point was, but the point was serving God is a possibility. One of the good things God's doing in your trial could be that he's asking you, giving you an opportunity to serve him there's some things you can't serve God without a trial. Things we talked about. There's some ways you can't grow like God without a trial. That's a, First we trust God. There might be an opportunity to serve God. There's always an opportunity to be like God, isn't there? Here comes this trial. What's, what's our response? What good thing is God doing? He's giving us an opportunity to be like Him or to grow more like Him. Think about all those things we already said. Forgiveness. If we're going to grow in our ability to be like God in terms of forgiveness, God's going to have to bring trials in our life, period. If we're going to be generous, God's got to bring needy people in our life. If we're going to be patient, God's got to bring long-standing trials. Could be people, could be circumstances. You know, Think about love. If we want to be like God in terms of love, we've got to have trials. We've got to have difficult people brought into our life, right? That's what Jesus said. Remember, he said, if you love those that love you, what good is that? Even the Gentiles do that. But if you love your enemies, that's, then you'll be like your Father in heaven who gives rain on the good and the evil, Right? If you want to love like God loves, that means loving people that don't love you back. If you want to learn to love like God, what God's going to do is He's going to bring difficult things in your life. And one of the good things He could be doing, and often as a Christian, He's always doing, is using that to make you more like God. Sometimes He's using it to not only make you more like God, but to display what God is like to others. So here... I'll read you just a verse here. The crucible is for silver and the furnace is for gold and the Lord tests hearts. Here comes this trial. You don't know what to do. You don't know what to make of it. It's hard to believe. God, are you really out for my good in this heavy trial? Ask God, are you trying to make me more like you? 
I've seen it repeatedly with lost people. Here's a student who has this very bad problem in terms of their behavior. And you know what God does? He brings in another student just like that student. So this student gets upset and says these things. Oh, here comes this other student who does the exact same thing. And that student begins to see, wow, I don't want to be like this. And it changes them. And there's a visible change. Things they used to do, they don't do anymore. That's a lost person. Surely God is doing that. That's the grace of God in their life. Surely God is doing that in our lives too. Here comes this, it's a trial. But what? It's a trial meant to shape us and to change us more into the image of God. Well, let's do the last one. To be with God. To be with God. 16.15 The light of a king's face. In the light of a king's face there is life. And his favor is like the clouds that bring the spring rain. Surely that's God, right? Surely the king of kings is more and more true for him. There's life in his face. There's favor in the, like the clouds that bring the spring rain. You know that whenever trials come upon you, it presses you into God. Right? As a Christian, you want to be near God. You start praying. You start crying out. God, help me. God, be with me. Protect me. Guide me. The presence of God. To be with God. To know God, right? Part of being with God is knowing God. Think about Paul. That I might share in his sufferings. That I might know him. By any means possible. I got those all out of order, but you know what I'm talking about. Paul wanted to know God. Even if that meant he had to have trials in his life. Why? Because he was entering in in some way to knowing more what Jesus went through, right? Whenever someone spits on your face, you think, immediate, whoa. I never imagined that's what it was like for Jesus. Somebody betrays you, whoa. I never thought about how hard that really was for Jesus with Judas. There's things that happen in your life that you're going to think, I know more about Jesus because of this trial, and I appreciate him more. And you're going to be near to him. It's like God's entering into your life and he's giving you a little glimpse. This is kind of what Jesus was like. This is kind of what Jesus felt here. There's going to be, this sounds almost heretical, but there's going to be things that God shows you in your life through experiences that, that aren't in the Bible. Right? There's going to be trials that are difficult. There's a lot of things that happened to Jesus that didn't get written down. And there's things in my life where I think, man, I know God didn't write that in the Bible, but I am sure, 100% sure, that those Roman soldiers said worse things than they felt like they could write down. And I'm sure that they were more cruel than they felt like they could write down. And there's things like that in your life where God brings in this hard thing and you know Jesus 
Jesus felt this. Jesus experienced this. And he draws near. And you call out. And God, God's with you. God's with you in the trial. Isn't that a good thing that God's doing in your trial? He's drawing near. He's, drawing, he's calling you to draw near. That's good. That's a good thing. That's a good purpose that God has in our trial. Well, this isn't exhaustive and this isn't, in many ways, it's just the beginning. The point of what I'm asking you to do is to, when a trial come, comes upon you, know that God is in control. It did not surprise God. Know that God has a purpose. This is not random. This is not meant for evil. God is in control. God has a purpose. And His purpose is good. And then what? Trust. First off, we just trust God. God, You know. I know You know. And You know better than I know how hard this is going to be. But I trust You. You're a good God. How sad is it when there's something good given and it actually causes trouble and anxiety? My my daughter's like that. She's really fearful. So we get her a toy and she's scared of it. It's like, wow, here's this gift. And she's like, oh, that, that scares me. I don't want to get near that. That's kind of what we're like with God. He's giving us good things and we're, we're so anxious and worried. What's this going to mean? This looks so hard and we've got to just trust God is giving me. This looks so bad, but God's giving me something good. I'm sure if we had a Christmas tree with presents under it, my daughter would not go near it. I'd be like, what are those things? <laughs> like, I don't want to venture over there. Well, that's kind of what God's doing to us, isn't it? I mean, that's kind of how we can choose to feel. It's like, here's this thing. We know God has given us these difficult things for our good. That's what he said. They're so hard to believe now. And we can tremble in the corner and wait and wait and wait and wait until God unwraps it and shows us, oh, wow, this was a good thing all along. Or we can just trust I can't see it yet. I don't know what's in there yet, but I know God has a good purpose in my life for this, whether it's to serve Him, to be like Him, to just help me to trust Him more, help me to be different, change my heart, or maybe just draw me near, near to Him to be with Him in this time. We can just trust and watch, right? We have to watch. Surely there's things in your life that you now, looking back, can see, wow, that was so hard, and I could not understand why that was happening. And then you get to this place and you realize that was perfect preparation for where I'm at right now. And I never would have been where I'm at. I never would have learned this unless God did this. So, as we go through today, this week, watch, think, when something comes upon you, whether it's big or small, you run out of gas, your car breaks down, it, whatever comes your way, begin to have the thought. This is not an inconvenience. This isn't some evil plot against me. God has a good plan. And begin to trust and ask Him, would you just show me, Lord? Just begin to show me what it is. If you, if you never show me, I'll still trust you. But I'm going to watch for ways to serve you in this. I'm going to watch for ways to be like you in this. And I'm going to try and draw near and be with you. And those are all good things. Well, let's pray. Father, we just come before you and 
just tremble before you even just talking about who you are trying to say who you are and how good you are it's a fearful thing don't want to say anything that's wrong Lord I pray if I did say anything that's wrong people would just forget it and everything that's helpful and true Lord I pray that that would be applied to the heart and Lord would you help us as we go through trials I pray you'd help the people that are down and out today Lord I pray you'd help them just to see what you're doing would you just give them a glimpse and Lord we confess you're a good God you are a good shepherd and we trust you Lord even if we never see the loose ends tied up we know you're good and we just commit Lord we're going to trust you no matter what you bring our way we're going to trust you no matter how hard it gets and we're going to watch we want to be like you we want to be with you we want to serve you we want to worship you just help us Lord help us uh, not just to accept this as information but we want to honor hearts and we want to be like David singing in the trial and praising you and we need help I do pray for the rest of the day Lord would you help us to honor you and encourage one another amen